Marcus Mariota joining Derek Carr. All we need now is Tom Brady for the three-quarterback formation, man. Spider three QB banana, man. Knock on wood if you're with me. <laughs> sorry, 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 John Gruden. It's not going to happen. He's not going to Vegas. It looks like Tom Brady is on his way to Buckland, and we are back and better than ever. Welcome to our podcast here on PewterPirates.com. A few extra bucks. I bring in my Pewter partners, my producer, Justin Thomas, and my co-host, Roy Cummings. First of all, Justin, I know we pulled down some sound. Tom Brady is coming, it looks like, to the Tampa Buccaneers. Your initial thoughts? I... Uh... I never would have thought that Tom Brady would be leaving. So the fact that not only is he leaving, but he's coming to Tampa, I I mean, fans should be excited for this. Roy Cummings, if I would have told you a year ago in March of 2019 that a year from now we're going to have this worldwide uh, pandemic and we're going to shut everything down, we're not going to have the Masters, we're not going to have March Madness, we're not going to have the NHL season for a while, the NBA, or – Tom Brady's going to be with the Bucks. Which one would you have imagined? <laughs> I would have picked all of those, and the last one would have been Tom Brady with the Bucks. Really? Nothing. Yeah, I would look, and and I, hey, I'm on record many times over here. I'm one of those guys who thought this was never going to happen. I've heard the rumors for months. Um, was not buying into them at all at any point, and um, you know now that we're here. Look, <laughs> I'm, I'm shocked. I am. And look, this happened because of one reason. Well, a couple reasons. First of all, the Patriots quit on him. And then he said, you know what, uh, I'm quitting on the Patriots too. Uh, and then the bidding war for Tom Brady never really materialized. The Bucks kind of were in a, a battle maybe with the Chargers a little bit, but that was it. You know, before Tom Brady really got out there, Tennessee moved on, Oakland moved on, um, Carolina moved on. Everybody said, no, I'll take I'll take this. A lot of teams decided, no, I'm good. Uh, Indianapolis decided against Tom Brady. It was kind of down to, uh, it was kind of, in a way, it's kind of sad. The greatest quarterback of all time, the GOAT, didn't have a whole lot of people bidding for him at the end of the day. The, he kind of fell into the Bucks' laps because, you know, nobody else wanted him really. But, Roy, I think this is the perfect spot for him. A few reasons why. We know Bruce Arians isn't going to be here long term. It's not like they have this young head coach who's going to be here for several years. And I really think the Bucks, the way they've revamped the defense, we know they have the shiny toys on offense. Yeah, they need to get the offensive line upgraded. Yeah, they need to upgrade the running game. But Tom Brady, to me, is the perfect quarterback. Because in a lot of ways, this football team just needs a quarterback who's not going to throw 30 picks. And, oh, by the way, a guy like Tom Brady – who is a playmaker, that's what the doctor ordered for this Bucks team. I mean, they have all the moving parts around him in a lot of ways. They do. Uh, you're right. Uh, I think the quarterback play will be upgraded uh, significantly, obviously. Now, look, I don't think Tom Brady's going to throw for 5,000 yards, um, and we can get into this a little bit later because I think you're going to have to create a little bit different offensive scheme than what you had a year ago with Jameis Winston in there because they're, they're different quarterbacks. Um, but yeah, with the weapons, Tom Brady should be able to take full advantage of this. Expect him to throw for, you know, probably 30 touchdowns, 4,000 yards. But I still have questions, you know, about what, you know, are the Bucks a Super Bowl team? Are they a Super Bowl ready team? 
Not now. Do you think that they were a quarterback away from being a Super Bowl-ready team? I didn't, and I may be proven wrong on that, but I still think there's a lot that has to be fixed here uh, in order to make Tom Brady effective and for Tom Brady to, to have the impact that the Bucks want him to have. You know, I think Tom Brady's the best quarterback who's ever played this game. But I think right now, a guy by the name of Drew Brees has a better situation in New Orleans. He has a better offensive line, a much better running game. I think their defense is better. So the Saints, to me, are still the favorite, even if the Bucs have Tom Brady. Falcons are always a wild card. Carolina has Bridgewater. Yeah, I agree. I don't think this makes them a Super Bowl team. But, Roy, I think it makes them a playoff team in a lot of ways because this is what they needed. They needed a guy who can make plays, get it to the weapons, and not make the big mistakes. And here's another thing. Everybody's talking about, you know, Willie Mays with the Mets and Joe Namath with the Rams and Johnny Unitas with the Chargers. Well, Johnny Unitas and, and Joe Namath weren't two years removed from the Super Bowl and a year removed from the playoffs. I mean, Tom Brady, he may not be able to sling it downfield like he used to, but he's pretty close to putting in some great seasons, unlike a lot of these storylines that we've heard from other quarterbacks who are Hall of Famers who switched late in their career. It's a very good point, um, but I will – I'll throw out this, these few words of caution. The Tom Brady we saw last year was not the Tom Brady that we saw three years ago, five years ago. He's not the kind of guy that you say, all right, that guy can carry the team by himself. Um, look, there's a reason the Patriots didn't go very far. Uh, you know, let's let, – and it was, part of it was Tom Brady's – play a quarterback. It wasn't exceptional. It was very, very good. But he seems a little bit more limited right now. And I'm not sure that, you know, that's not a problem that uh, it, it could be rectified here in Tampa. The offensive line, as we said, have to, has to get a lot better. He's got to have a much better running attack. And I just, I just wonder if Tom Brady has hit the wall a little bit. The, something a general manager once told me in the NFL there's a reason why teams give up on players. And when you give up on a star, it's usually because, and especially someone who's been around for years with that same franchise, they probably see something in that guy that nobody else sees. And they know this is the right time to let that guy go. Bill Belichick's a pretty smart guy. It's apparent he wanted nothing to do with Tom Brady going forward. Patriots, not anxious to have Tom Brady back. Didn't show him the love he wanted. There's a reason for that, guys. And I'm afraid that reason may really be exposed here in Tampa. But could it be also that Tom Brady, I mean, he took a discount for years with the Patriots. That Maybe he just got tired of taking the discount. It wasn't that the Patriots didn't want him. He just has had enough. And maybe wants to go and actually have fun. Not that he hasn't had fun, but I don't know how much fun it is with Bill Belichick. He can go to Bruce Arians, have a little more fun, get the respect, and get better weapons. Because you know what, Roy? He didn't have any weapons when Gronk left. I mean, he didn't – Edelman got hurt. He didn't have anybody. They tried to bring in Antonio Brown. That didn't work out. He didn't have any weapons in New England last year as well. No, he didn't, and he certainly got more here. Um, you know, I do wonder if maybe there was a message to Tom Brady saying, hey, Tom, you know what? Look, our run is over. It was great. Uh, we appreciate you being a part of this, but – We've got to move forward. It's going to be a lean year for us. Um, we're not going to just try to win for this year. We've won our run. Of, we've had our run of Super Bowls. Uh, we're going to try to rebuild this thing. And when you rebuild, you know, you're not a part of it. Uh, maybe that has something to do with why he's not back there. 
Um, but look, Tom Brady just he, he's still exceptional. There's no doubt about it. But he does need support, and he needs, in particular, a real strong offensive front line uh, to help him out. And if he doesn't get that, again, I just worry that he could be compromised a little bit in his abilities, and, and that worries me. Now, back to your playoff question, yeah, I think the Buccaneers are a playoff team with Tom Brady. But I think they're a playoff team with Tom Brady under the new rules. There's an extra team going to the playoffs now. Uh, so I think that helps the Bucs. Are they going to be that team? I don't know. Um, the NFC South is really pretty good. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater in Carolina, that's going to be exciting. I still think that uh, Matt Ryan in, in Atlanta can, can do some damage. Obviously, the Saints are the uh, elite team in the league. They're the ones to beat. Um, I don't think anybody's knocking them off, although I can't wait to see that Tom Brady, uh, Drew Brees matchup twice. But um, look, I think the Bucs still have some work to do here uh, just to be a playoff team, although Tom Brady helps them a lot, and so do the new rules. And you know what? For all we know, maybe that was part of what the Bucks' decision-making was as well. Maybe they thought, hey, uh, we want to get this done now. We want to make the playoffs now before Bruce Arians leaves. We've got a shot at Tom Brady. Let's take it. The rules are in our favor. Let's take advantage of that the best we can. Let's try to win for today. Clearly they are because signing, re-signing J, J, uh, Jason Pierre-Paul, uh, trying to get Ndamukong Sue back, uh, to me that speaks that uh, they're trying to get things done for now, not for the future. You know, we almost made it. We are closing in on 10 minutes in this podcast, and we haven't mentioned one name yet. And a lot of pundits – around the NFL, specifically Chris Sims, is kind of, uh, I don't know, scratching his head about the future of this guy. I haven't heard Jack Diddley about Jameis Winston. <laughs> What's going on with Jameis Winston right now? Roy, I feel like you've always defended him more than I have, okay? Just like Gerald yeah. McCoy. We won't get into that. I know you're going to think Gerald McCoy with the Cowboys will be the NFL Defensive Player of the Year. I'm just, just ribbing you, man. Just ribbing you. But Jameis Winston, okay? I get it by the tone of your voice that if you were Jason Light, you wouldn't have touched Tom Brady. You would have brought Jameis back. Am I correct? No. Look, Look, I've been asked a, a hundred times in the past couple months, if it's Tom Brady or Jameis Winston, what are you doing? And I'm saying, I'm taking my shot at Tom Brady. Based on what I saw of Jameis Winston last year, I'm taking my shot at Tom Brady. Why not? Okay. I stand correct. I can't disagree with the, what the Bucs have done here. Jameis Winston played himself off the roster and into a backup role, which, is, which is, it looks like that's what he's going to have to accept here. I, I hear the, there's some interest in Miami. I'm sure there's some interest in Jacksonville where maybe he can uh, battle uh, Mayshew for, for, for a starter's role. I don't know. I think Jameis Winston has to regroup um, and try to find a spot where he can, you know, maybe do what Ryan Tannehill did last year. Uh, I think that's what he's looking at at this point is he's looking at having to accept the backup role. And you know what? Depending on the money, and I know this, this is going to sound crazy to some people, but the Bucks have it. If I'm the Buccaneers, you know, depending on what Jameis Winston is looking at in terms of contracts, if you know, if he's willing to sign a one-year prove-it kind of deal or one year with an option kind of deal, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be hesitant to bring him back to Tampa and say, okay, you know what, stay a part of the organization here, keep learning, and play behind Tom Brady for a year. Because I'll tell you what, 
and I'm not going to take credit for this idea because I didn't come up with it. Tiki Barber did actually on CBS radio a couple weeks ago. I think the best place for Jameis Winston right now is Pittsburgh behind Ben Roethlisberger. That team is set up to play, you know, in front of a quarterback, around a quarterback like him. And I think that'd be a good place for him to learn a little bit behind Ben Roethlisberger, play for Mike Tomlin, um, get some perspective. And I think that would help James Winston a lot. But uh, no, it's, it's, it's amazing how James Winston, who some people thought would be the number one quarterback on the board in free agency. Here we are pretty much through the first round and, and all the, the hoopla, and he's still looking for, a, for an open chair, and the music has stopped. Well, I never thought that. And, and I see your point with Pittsburgh. I think his ego is way too big to come back to Tampa, especially the things Bruce Arians has said the last couple of months. Has talked about Jameis Winston, frankly, the way he did about your guy, Gerald McCoy, a year ago. I think that uh, Jameis Winston, Roy, should go to New Orleans if he doesn't get a starting spot. Drew Brees is probably only going to be there a year, maybe two years. He could settle down. I'd sign a one-year deal, man. I'd sign a one-year deal, go to New Orleans, learn under Sean Payton, learn under Drew Brees. Taysom Hill is going to be number three, so he can be Taysom Hill. And I've had that opinion for about a week now. Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk kind of echoed what I'm saying. Here's what he had to say. I think the Saints make the most sense for him. I hear that. Look at what it did. I hear you. For Teddy. Yeah, for what it did for Teddy Bridgewater. Right. And you have an opportunity to play if Drew Brees gets injured again and he's 41. Maybe he gets injured again. You work with Sean Payton. You iron out some of these rough spots. And you've got great weapons like Michael Thomas. I think that's where I would want to go. You know what, Roy? Jameis Winston, there's still a possibility he could get a starting spot. But I think it's good in his career. People forget that he and Bridgewater are about the same age. Bridgewater's a year older than Jameis Winston. I think Pittsburgh wouldn't be bad. I think New Orleans would be better. But for him to sit back for a year, I know it's going to be hard on him, and learn. And you mentioned Ryan Tannehill kind of reinvent himself a little bit. He's got a lot of football ahead of him. It's so strange that a guy can throw for over 5,000 yards and 30 touchdown passes and not be a starter the next year. But for him, I think in the long run, he doesn't want to hear this. I think it would be good for him. What do you think about the Saints? And how about this? If they have this NFL schedule come out and there are two primetime games, Saints and Bucks, and heaven forbid Drew Brees gets hurt, he's the backup for Brees. He comes in and plays against Winston and Ray J on primetime. How about them apples? Yeah, that would be special. <laughs> no, I, I agree with you because, in essence, to me, it's the same scenario as it is in Pittsburgh. You're playing behind a guy who clearly is in the twilight of his career, uh, starting to get hurt a little bit. Um, I like the idea a lot. I like the idea of uh, getting with Sean Payton, learning what he has to say. Um, look, the only thing I have, the only difference to me is that clearly there, Ben Roethlisberger is very much like James Winston or vice versa. Very, James Winston is very much like Ben Roethlisberger. Coming out of college, that was the comparison. Yeah, uh, Drew Brees is more of a precision passer, uh, not a big arm guy really just, really knows defenses and knows where the holes are in the zones and, and picks them apart all, all day long. That's really not Jameis Winston. That's why I think playing behind Roethlisberger would be better for him. But I, I totally agree that going there and learning from Sean Payton, learning from Drew Brees, uh, waiting for that opportunity would be a good move. Look, sometimes in life and certainly in a career, the most important step you take is actually a step backwards. Um, it happens to a lot of people. It's happened to a lot of great artists, athletes, the whole bit. Um, nothing wrong with it. Uh, Jameis Winston, as I said, 
He played himself into this situation, into this predicament, if you want to call it. It's unfortunate for him, but uh, he's earned it. So you know what? Own it and go go do the best thing for yourself. Don't let your ego take over here. You know, you always provide good insight. You have great contacts. You've covered this football team for a long time. And every time I talk to you, you're the only one that says this. And I think, obviously, you're right when you say it. But, you know, a lot of people thought if it wasn't Brady, it'd be Bridgewater. But you've never thought that. You thought Jason Light was never a big Bridgewater fan, right? Yeah, I know he's not. Um, Jason Light told us uh, back at the, at the scouting combine the year of Bridgewater's draft that he was not a fan. Didn't like the body um, in particular. Uh, thought everything else about him was okay, very, to, you know, to good. Uh, was acceptable on that, but didn't like the body. Said, I see this kid breaking down, and lo and behold, uh, was his first year and uh, as a starter, uh, the knee gets hit and uh, and he gets hurt. So um, I, I don't think he was a big fan of the arm as well. I think Jason Light has always kind of a, been a, a big arm, uh, throw it down the field kind of guy, just because you want to have that option. I think I think Teddy Bridgewater can do that, but no, Jason Light was never really a big fan of him. I always knew that if if that was going to happen in Tampa, um, that number one Tom Brady would not have would have to not be available. Uh, and number two, uh, Bruce Arians would probably have to talk Jason Light into it. And I don't know that they would ever come to, to, a, to an agreement on that one. How about Jason Light, man? Jason Light, the ultimate survivor. Man, they throw him on Survivor on CBS. He's on the ropes, baby. He gets Bruce Arians. I think he's, you know, he got an extension. But then, you know, having Bruce Arians gets Tom Brady. And you know, what, what do you think of Mark Dominic watching all this? I mean, you got to give light credit for bringing Arians on and then they get Tom Brady. But if you're like a Mark Dominic, you had just the same record with less toys than a guy like Jason Light. It's crazy how it works out sometimes, Roy. It is. And you know what? Look, Mark Dominic was never one or is never one to, uh, to say, oh, hey, I didn't have this. I didn't have that. Mark Dominic owns his record as a general manager for the Buccaneers. He had some uh, he had some good opportunities to do some things. Look, Mark Dominic was given the okay to throw the Hail Mary pass that Jason Light threw. He threw it and got Darrell Revis, and it didn't work out. Um, look, I've I've just said it on record here. I'm not so sure that Tom Brady's going to work out with Tampa Bay. I don't know if this is as good as it's exciting. It's going to make Tampa. It's going to put Tampa Bay back on the map. It's going to bring all kinds of uh, uh, attention to Tampa Bay. Um, everybody's going to be watching this. This is going to be a crazy media spectacle. It's everybody's going to want to watch. They're going to be on national TV every Sunday night opportunity they can get, every Monday night opportunity they can get, Thursday night, the whole bit. Um, but is it good for the team in the short term? We'll see. Is it good for the team in the long term? Hell no. This puts this franchise back. But going back to uh, uh, Mark Dominic. Um, I, you know, like I said, he had a shot at the Hail Mary pass. It didn't work out. He made some darn good picks with the Buccaneers as a, as a, uh, as a general manager. Um, don't forget, this is the guy that, uh, that found DeMar Dotson, uh, turned him into a, a right tackle. This is the guy who found, um, a, a lot of good players really. And, um, things didn't work out for him. So Jason Light, he's got, he's thrown his Hail Mary pass here. Let's see what happens. I agree with everything you just said. Here's the thing, though, Roy. You've covered this team for a long time. You know the frustration. They haven't won a playoff game since they won the Super Bowl. They haven't been in the playoffs for years and years, over decades now. Um, 
does this franchise, if you're the fan base, are you at the point now where you're thinking, you know what, it's probably not good for us long term. We don't know how great he's going to be. But damn it, we have Tom Brady. We're relevant again. And maybe for right now, that's just enough. Yeah, I, I can't I can't blame the franchise for this. Look, back when Rich McKay was running the organization uh, and, and Malcolm Glazer came in as the owner, he explained to Malcolm Glazer there's two ways to go in the league. You can be a team. At the time, he, he referenced the Kansas City Chiefs. And if you go back to the – uh, to, to the 80s, you'll, you'll see. At the time, he said, you can be like the Chiefs. You can be one of those teams that's always in the mix. You're always winning nine, ten games, and you're always – if you don't make the playoffs, you're just missing it, and, but you're making the playoffs more than not, and you're, and you're always kind of in the, in, in, in the zone there. You're always kind of in the – getting that opportunity to, to go for the big prize. You make the tournament, so to speak, right? And, and if you make the tournament, you can win the Super Bowl. Things go your way, you can win it. You want to be a part of that. That's one way to build your team, to be one of those teams that's always in the mix. Or you can build your team to win right now. Let's take our shot. Let's go get a bunch of free agents. Let's hope the chemistry works. And we take our shot. And if we make it, how great are we? And Malcolm Glazer decided to build the, the other model. Under Tony Dungy, he decided, I want to build this kind of a team. And then he got a little tired of it. And the boys, as we call them, Brian and Joel, started getting involved a little bit more and decided, you know, we want to win. We're tired of losing. It's not enough. We need somebody who can put us over the top. And they threw their Hail Mary pass. And they got John Gruden and they got Keyshawn Johnson and they got some other pieces. And guess what? They won their Super Bowl. But the, one of the reasons this team has not won a playoff game since is because they took their Hail Mary shot and they completed it to John Gruden and Keyshawn Johnson and all these other pieces. They built for now for a couple of years and sacrificed the future, and we have been paying for it in Tampa Bay, Buccaneers fans have, for 15 years or more. My concern with Buccaneers fans right now is this could set you back because you've got to protect Tom Brady now. What do you do to get that done? Well, you probably have to. You might have to move up in the draft, sacrifice some other picks. You might have to make some trades to get a running back. You might have to do some other things here and there. We'll see how it goes. But if you do that, and you win that Super Bowl now with Brady, it's going to be one of the greatest NFL stories of all time. But you also might be sacrificed in the next uh, decade or dozen years. We'll have to see how it works out. You know what, though, I know that the Bucks have made a lot of mistakes, but trading for John Gruden was worth it. It was worth it. I mean, look up at Jacksonville. They don't have a trophy. Look at Cleveland. They don't have a trophy. A lot of these people, they don't have a title. It was worth it. But I think the big mistake, and I think you'll agree with this, was giving Gruden all the power. Giving Gruden all the power, getting rid of McKay, and you kind of had to have that divorce somewhat. That is when you saw everything kind of go out of control because the free agents didn't work, a lot of misses in the draft. And I just feel like what's great about the NFL compared to the other leagues is you get a quarterback like this when you have the parts around you or you get a coach like John Gruden when that's what you kind of needed to go to the next level, you can make that jump quick. That's what makes all this exciting. Yeah, you're right. And you know what? Uh, you're absolutely right. They gave John Gruden too much power. Uh, they said they would never do that again. Uh, I don't think they did uh, or have. Um, they've given some of their coaches some power, but not to that level and good for them. They learned their lesson there. 
Um, and you know what? I think I think they've applied that lesson to Tom Brady. We've heard a lot of talk here the last few days about how Tom Brady wants Antonio Brown to be a part of his new team, whoever that is. No. Anyway, hey, well, keep going. Yeah. Uh, well, you know what? What you just said, your response is exactly what Bruce Arians told Tom Brady. He said, uh-uh, that ain't happening. Not here. We're not going down that road. First of all, they don't need Antonio Brown. Exactly. Yes. But more importantly, they don't, they don't need that. It's not that they don't need Antonio Brown, his talent. They don't need the attitude and all that that comes with it. So good for them for saying no. And that's a sign that Tom Brady is coming in as a quarterback and a leader and a guy that everybody's going to look to and say, show us how it's done, master. But he's not going to be running the organization. He's not going to be the one saying, I want that running back and I want this guy and I want that guy. He'll have some say. They'll go to him and say, hey, you know, if we're picking between this running back and, and, and these other two, who do you want? Yeah, they, they'll listen to what he's got to say. Uh, he'll probably have a big say in how the offensive scheme is put together, but uh, he's not getting the power that a lot of people thought he was going to get coming in as the quarterback here. He's going to have to just be a quarterback, go out, do what you do, Tom. Don't, don't think you're going to start running the organization, and that's a good move on the Bucks' part. You know, Roy Cummings, we haven't done a podcast for a little while, and I've missed you terribly, but it's very clear you haven't lost your fastball, my friend. But right now, we're going to really test. We're going to test you in the batter's box. Justin, you know what time it is. I miss Roy Cummings so much. You, Justin, a little bit. <laughs> we're going to bring Justin back in. And uh, this is more likely time. It's our three hypotheticals, and we always have a little fun at the end. Um, and sometimes I change these. Roy may say something that kind of triggers my change a little bit, and I change this first one. Uh, when you talk about the history of the Bucks, what's the bigger story? And I know this story hasn't played out yet, but it's it's already pretty big. What was the bigger story? Them trading two first-round draft picks and second-round picks for John Gruden? Or getting Tom Brady? What's a bigger story in the history of the Bucks? More likely, Justin Thomas. Now you're going with at the time that it happened, not with the foresight of John Gruden yes. bringing a yes. Super Bowl, correct? Yes, yes, because that was a big um, deal. Getting rid of Tony Dungy, getting left at the altar by Bill Parcells, whiffing right, on a lot right. of coaches, and then making that big move—that was a big deal. You know, that's interesting. I think. John Gruden was obviously a good coach when he was with the Raiders. He got them pretty close, actually, with uh, Brady and the the Tuck rule. But um, yeah. I you know, I think it's hard because with Brady, we have his whole thus far his whole career to look at and see the success of. With John, there maybe was somewhat of a question mark. But I think at the end of the day. I kind of agree. I'm not sold on Tom Brady coming in and magically fixing everything. I think probably J- John Gruden was the bigger of the two. Interesting. Roy Cummings, you covered that big story. You covered Parcells almost coming. You covered Dungy getting fired. You covered Ralph Friedgen, all the candidates. <laughs> you covered it, man. What's the bigger story, Gruden and trade or Tom Brady, man? What's the bigger story, more likely? Interesting call there, Justin. And with all due respect, I'm sorry, but uh, no, it's Tom Brady <laughs> by far. Look, here's the reason. When the Bucks traded for John Gruden, 
it was intriguing. It was unique. It was like, wow, what? Are you kidding me? Holy cow, look at this. They gave up two first-round picks for a coach. They traded for a coach who sees this. It was out of the box. This move, guys, transcends football. The Bucks weren't trading for the greatest coach of all time. They were trading for a coach who's done a pretty good job, who's got, you know, who's who's got a, a real unique ability to, to, to you know, put together a pretty dynamic offense, who's had a lot of success out in Oakland. Um, and they traded two first-round picks for him. This time, the Bucks are signing a player who will go into Canton as a New England Patriot, go into Canton as the greatest quarterback of all time. There's never been another Tom Brady, anything like him. And the fact that he's leaving the Patriots and going to another team in, in itself is a story that trans, transcends football in the NFL. The fact that he's coming to Tampa Bay, he has taken a team that no one pays attention to at all for any reason whatsoever and put them at the top of the list. And everybody's looking at him and waiting to see what happens here. It's Tom Brady by a mile. By a mile? Wow. I think Tom Brady's the bigger story. And, and you're, you're, you say that given you know the ending to the John Gruden story, which, which was amazing how he won it the next year and they played the Raiders and everything. But I have to agree with you. I mean, I never thought this would happen. Even with all the momentum, I thought, you know what? He's going back to New England. And the reason I thought that was because, because of his relationship with Robert Kraft. That's that's the guy that the only guy that can nix Bill Belichick and say, listen, no, we want we want you guys to get along. And we've read all the stuff, Roy, about, you know, Robert Kraft and Bill Belichick and him wanting Garoppolo in there. And, and Robert Kraft was was kind of the guy with Tom Brady. So I thought and I also thought if he didn't come back to New England, he would have gone to L.A. It just kind of fit the new stadium. The Chargers aren't relevant. They, they got a decent team. Or if it wasn't that, it might be Tennessee with Mike Vrabel, the former Patriots assistant. You know, all they need is really a quarterback in Tennessee to take that next step. The Bucks. I mean, to me, this is so huge for this franchise in so many ways. And it's going to make this season so much fun. And you, you almost wonder if they're going to have two seasons or if it's going to be one and done. I would think if it works, they'll get at least two seasons. But yeah, I got to say Tom Brady's the bigger story. But that John Gruden stuff, you know, we were there, my friend, way back when. And that was incredible how that happened, too. It was indeed. All right. More likely, number two. We mentioned these two guys in the podcast. Can I get that drop from Chris Sims again? One more time. I haven't heard Jack Diddley about Jameis Winston. <laughs> All right. We're going we're gonna to bring it back one more time. More likely, and remarkably, these guys are about the same age. Bridgewater's one year older. Moving forward, who will have the better career more likely? Jameis Winston. Can I do that one more time? I did, just one more time, please. I please. haven't heard Jack Diddley about Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston or Teddy Bridgewater? Who's going to have the better career moving forward now? Uh, in the short term, it's obviously Teddy Bridgewater. The fact that he's in a position he should be starting in Carolina based on the fact that it sounds like they're moving on with Cam. Oh, he's the guy but there, I, definitely. Yeah. yeah. I, I think, though, Jameis is so talented athletically. If he can somehow, some way, get his turnovers fixed and, and not be a liability, I think long-term, Jameis, to me, would be – better said the brighter future 
but that's a big if. So. Yeah, it is. Roy Cummings, what you say? More likely, better future, better career moving forward, Jameis Winston or Teddy Bridgewater? Yeah, I'm with uh, Dustin on this. I think it's Jameis Winston because I think he's I think he's a better quarterback. I think he's got the more um, powerful skill set for what the league is set up for right now. Um, he he can you know there's a there's a there's a reason Mike Evans you know catches a thousand yards worth of passes every year or has uh, part of it's the quarterback. So um, he can get the ball to people. I think it's going to be uh, Jameis Winston. I still think he will be. A, uh, a top level starter in this league, franchise level, don't know, elite level. Um, yeah, I still, th- I, I would still put him in that category. Here's my thing with these two quarterbacks, and I, you know, I covered Bridgewater the last couple of years in New Orleans, as well as covering Jameis here in Tampa. You know, Bridgewater's steady, Teddy. We kind of know his ceiling. Um, when when he led the Saints to five and zero record last year, that's kind of a misnomer. The defense played out of their minds early in the season. You give Teddy credit, but he had a lot of help to get to 5-0. I don't think Winston ever had the running game he deserved. I don't think he ever had quite the offensive line he deserved. And, yeah, he deserves some of the blame, obviously. But I do think we don't know the ceiling of Jameis Winston, and I think it definitely is a lot higher than Teddy Bridgewater. I just wonder if he can keep it together mentally to maybe take that backup role to learn and to and to fight his way back. Because Bridgewater did it in New Orleans. Can Jameis do it? I think he can. I, I think the one thing you can say about Jameis Winston is he works hard and, for the most part, has a good attitude. We didn't see it in that last press conference, but that was unlike him. I think he's going to turn it around, and it will be an interesting story because he, uh, I mean, he's only 25 years old or 26, so I think he's got a lot of good football ahead of him. All right, we always like to have phones last more likely. It's been a tough going in our country with the coronavirus and us being insulated and having to – not interact with people Um, in terms of social distancing. I think we all have made strides and we've all maybe tried to take advantage of this time in some way. Justin, how have you maximized this time? And you can go off the board. Have you read more, read a book you've been meaning to read? Have you done like improvements on your house or maybe watch more (laughs) Netflix? Uh, What what do you, what do you got? One of those three, you can go off the board. Uh, I pretty much have been doing all those minus improvements on my house. I live in an apartment complex, so they take care of that for me. (laughs) Uh, But I will say one thing that has been kind of nice is with my wife working from home, we in the afternoons after we're both done with work have been going on walks just to kind of get out of the house. And uh, we're by ourselves, so we're not hopefully exposing anyone to anything. But it's been nice just to have that time that we normally don't have uh, being able to just decompress together after the day being cooped up inside. So I guess that's one of the, I guess you could say positives that's come out of this. Yeah. I think we got to make positives or we all just, it's, it's tough because it, I turn off the news, man. I can't watch, I can't watch it. Oh, yeah. A lot of it. Totally. It's uh, it's uh, t- I try to, to do something, uh, positive that maybe, uh, you know, cause we all get busy and we can't do a lot of things. So Roy Cummings, anything on your list? I know you work too. So it's kind of hard. You're still working. Yeah. I, you know what? I look, I, I'm, I'm, I'm one of the lucky ones. Knock on wood. It stays that way. Uh, I have not, my life has not been disrupted too much at this point, nor is my wife. Uh, I mean, we have not traveled to visit uh, my wife's family, uh, which is just an hour away in Sarasota here from Tampa. So, you know, it's not, it's not, you know, 
but just to be safe, I mean, we've kind of avoided that. But uh, other than that, I got to say, uh, our lives have not been disrupted too much. And again, I, I hope I'm not jinxing myself, but uh, so far, so good. And, and, and I hope it stays that way. And because I know, look, it's, it's tough for everybody. It's, um, you know, there's part of you that thinks, oh, hey, I get to work from home. But, you know, I've worked from home for many, many years. And it, it, there's a discipline involved in that. Um, because it's, uh, you gotta, you gotta hunker down and, and, and focus because it's easy to get distracted by other things around the house. Uh, so, um, not easy all the time, especially when you got kids running around. So, um, you know, good luck to those who are, who are at home. And, uh, again, I think if we all practice, um, you know, just, just do what everybody's telling us to do, wash your hands, be safe, be smart. Uh, we'll get through this and hopefully sooner rather than later. Yeah, it's it's crazy. You really come to appreciate things. And, you know, sometimes we see certain parts of the country go through things like, you know, certain like we go through hurricanes with people and then, you know, West Coast, they don't really understand that. or We don't understand earthquakes, but we're all dealing with this. We're all dealing with it. And we see other countries have dealt with it before us. So it's definitely strange times. I've done a lot of work around the house. I've I've watched, I watch a lot of YouTube videos. I'm probably going to cancel my cable, man. There's so much great stuff on YouTube. I actually watched an interview with Paul McCartney the other day on how he wrote songs with John Lennon. I thought of my man, Roy Cummings, the biggest Beatle fan I know. <laughs> I could just sit and watch that stuff for, for the longest time. But it's, it's, I've really tried to make an effort every day to do something that I put off or normally don't have time for make a dang, dang positive out of all this stuff. Cause it's definitely crazy, but, but guys, you know what? It's really crazy now because Roy, how's this press conference going to be when Brady gets in town? I mean, are we going to, is the media even invited to that? Is it going to be on Skype? I mean, how's this going to be when people can't even go in the building right now? That's a great question. I, I think they, they're probably, I got to imagine they're trying to think up a way to do it, but it's going to, ha- I think it's going to have to be done via conference call and you know, whether they can do it, video wise and through Skype or something like that. I don't know, but um, I don't think it's going to be smart to try to invite everybody in and have that big moment. Not now. Um, and by the way, guys, you know, we're, we're, we're very close to the time when, you know, players would be back on the field here yeah. uh, going through off season workouts. This thing is about to affect, um, you know, preparation for the next season. And that's something to keep in mind as well as we go forward here with, uh, this this new quarterback, he may not have all the time he wants and needs to get the uh, chemistry down with these receivers and his offensive line and running backs that uh, he needs. But you know that's that's an issue for uh, a little bit further down the road, not too much further down the road. But but yeah, I think I, I think they're, it's, they're just going to have to do a conference call at some point. Unfortunately, Roy, it's impossible to to really answer this question. But if I had to answer it, I would say we're going to get baseball back maybe like mid-June. Um, this NHL thing is going to be crazy because the postseason is so long. I don't know what to think of the NHL. I see them talking about late summer now. Do you think we'll have a football season next year? Because I think we will. I think we'll have a football season. I think the question is, which goes back to what you just said, how much training camp are we going to have? How much preparation are we going to have before the season? But I think there's no doubt. I mean, there is some doubt, but I'm pretty certain that we'll have a football season. Yeah, I think we will too, and I think we'll have a full football season. I don't think we'll lose training camp. I don't think we'll lose uh, the regu- the preseason or the regular season. Um, I think that what they're going to lose is off-season workouts and mini camps. Um, and yeah, unlike Major League Baseball, the NBA, and the NHL, 
Uh, I think the NFL is going to get a full season in, and uh, hopefully by then it's going. This thing, this thing's way behind us. But um, I look, we're not going to get a full baseball season in. Um, I think the NBA and NHL are going to pick it up with the playoffs, and it's going to be a truncated playoffs, maybe a couple rounds at best, two, three rounds at best, um, and that's all you're going to get. And it may end up being being late. But uh, the NFL, I think I think they'll be okay. Uh, right now, I, I would predict that the NFL we get. We get a full 17-game slate. I like what the NFL has done, though. And by having free agency on time, free agency wasn't going to interfere with anything going on medically with anybody around the country. I think this helps a lot of people, thank, you know, therapeutically, uh, who haven't had any sports news. And trust me, I'm full aware that there are bigger things going on in the world than sports. But sports is usually our escape when something like this happens. And now we're removing that from the equation, too. And I think a lot of people, <clears throat> sports fans, feel a bit lost there. So whenever anything happens with the Bucks moving forward, though, we're going to be with you. We'll have a full reaction whenever Tom Brady gets to town. And we'll talk about that as well. And by then, maybe we'll know where Jameis Winston is as well. But great to hear Roy Cummings' voice again, Justin Thomas's voice. Please subscribe to pewterpowers.com and check out our podcast. We're on all the platforms. We're on Podbean. We're on iTunes. We're on Spotify. We're on Google+. Plus. Rate us, subscribe, let us know what we can do better. Uh, We appreciate you tuning in. And, uh, you know, we'll check in with you very soon. It's going to be an exciting offseason for the Bucs. Who knows when they'll get back on the field, but we know when they do, they're going to have a future Hall of Famer as their quarterback. For Justin Thomas, for Roy Cummings, I'm Mike Neighbors. We'll talk to you soon. 